Um, So we've come to the wonderful time in the evening where we get to open up the Bible um, and read from God's Word. So the first reading comes from um, Ruth 2, um, verses 1 to 13. So that's on page 259 in the Visitor's Bible. Now Naomi had a relative on her husband's side from the clan of Elimelech, a man of standing whose name was Boaz. And Ruth the Moabitess said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. So she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. (coughs) Just then, Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you, they called back. Boaz asked the foreman of his harvesters, Whose young woman is that? The foreman replied, She is the Moabitess who came back from Moab with Naomi. She said, Please let me glean and gather among the sheaves um, behind the harvesters. She went into the field and was working steadily from morning till now, except for a short rest in the shelter. So Boaz said to Ruth, "My My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field and don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I have told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. At this, she bowed down with her face to the ground. She exclaimed, Why have I, never, why have I found such favour in your eyes that you notice me, a foreigner? Boaz replied, I've been told all about what you have done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. May the Lord repay you for what you have done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I Do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. And continuing on. At mealtime, Boaz said to her, Come over here, have some bread and dip it in the wine vinegar. When she sat down with the harvesters, he offered her some roasted grain. She ate all she wanted and had some left over. As she got up to glean, Boaz gave orders to his men. Even if she gathers among the sheaves, don't embarrass her. Rather... Pull out some stalks from her from the bundles and leave them for her to pick up and don't rebuke her. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening. Then she threshed the barley she had gathered and it amounted to about an ephah. She carried it back to town and her mother-in-law saw how much she had gathered. Ruth also brought out and gave her what she had left over and she had eaten enough. Her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one whose place she had been working. The name of the man I worked with today is Boaz, she said. The Lord bless him, Naomi said to her daughter-in-law. He has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead, she added. That man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Then Ruth the Moabitess said, He even said to me, Stay with my workers until they finished harvesting all my grain. Naomi said to Ruth, her daughter-in-law, It will be good for you, my daughter, 
to go with his girls because in someone else's field you might be harmed. So Ruth stayed close to the servant girls of Boaz to glean until barley and wheat harvests were finished and she lived with her mother-in-law. Well, what do you really think? Uh, is God really kind? Is he still showing his kindness to you every day? Uh, we all know what the answer is supposed to be. It's yes. And some days we feel sure about that. The sun is shining, it's warm, we're feeling well, uh, the day goes well. And there are other days when we're not so sure, are we? And we wonder whether God has stopped showing his kindness. I want you to see tonight that God is always still showing his kindness. We need to see it and we need to declare it. Well, if you were with us last week, you'll remember that Naomi and her family went away to find food. They went away from Bethlehem over to Moab. They found food and they lived. But they died. Naomi's husband died and then her two sons died. Then she heard that the Lord had visited his people back in Bethlehem and so in her sadness and her bitterness she came back. Naomi with her daughter-in-law Ruth have arrived back in Bethlehem and having arrived back it's now time to go out again to go out and get the food. Now who out of Naomi and Ruth knows where to get the food and knows how to get the food? Who knows where the farms are? Who knows how to gather food? And who knows that it's okay under Israelite law to go to someone else's farm, follow along behind the harvesters and pick up what they've left to glean what is left? Who knows these things? Clearly it's Naomi, the Israelite from Bethlehem. Even if she can't physically do the work, she should be the one who initiates it and sends Ruth on her way. We'll have a look at verse 2. And Ruth, the Moabitess, said to Naomi, Let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find favour. Naomi said to her, Go ahead, my daughter. You see here again that Ruth is gutsy and courageous. But she's also confident, isn't she? She's a foreigner. She's from Moab, the enemy of God's people, but she's confident that someone, there'll be someone in whose eyes she will find favour. She thinks the Lord is kind to her. But Naomi merely says, Go ahead, my daughter. Ruth thinks the Lord is kind. But Naomi, who has come back bitter and afflicted, is convinced that the Lord has stopped showing his kindness to her. I wonder, who are you most like? Who do you identify with at this point? Are you like Ruth? Uh, you take the initiative, you are confident, because you are sure God is kind and will bless your efforts, whatever they may be. Or are you more like Naomi? Not sure that God shows his kindness to you and so you hold back and don't expect much. 
Well, Ruth goes out, just like she says, and she goes out and works hard for the day. She began to glean in the fields, verse 3, behind the harvesters. She's already asked permission. She's polite and a hard worker. But our eyes are soon off Ruth. She's not the one who gets our attention. No, the owner of the farm turns up. His name is Boaz, and uh, Boaz means strength. And in verse 1 it says he is a man of standing. He's rich and well-regarded. And he bursts onto the stage uh, with a flurry, and we're impressed by him, aren't we? Verse 4, just then Boaz arrived from Bethlehem and greeted the harvesters. The Lord be with you. The Lord bless you. They called back. The author wants us to see that here is a good man as well as a rich man. And we're hoping, aren't we, that Ruth finds favour in his eyes. Well, he notices her. And he asks the men, who is this woman? She's the Moabitess who came back with Naomi. How is Boaz going to react to this foreigner, this enemy in his field? Verse 8, he says to Ruth, My daughter, listen to me. Don't go and glean in another field. And don't go away from here. Stay here with my servant girls. Watch the field where the men are harvesting and follow along after the girls. I've told the men not to touch you. And whenever you are thirsty, go and get a drink from the water jars the men have filled. He speaks kindly to her, doesn't he? And out of his kindness, he provides for her from his crop. And he protects her from his men. Provides and protects. But as the story goes on, he he provides for her more and more. He gets more and more extravagant. When it's mealtime, I don't think he does this for all the girls, he calls her over to eat with him. And he plies her with food, all you can eat, and there's still some left over as if the best way to a woman's heart is through her stomach. He says to the men, don't embarrass her when she gets it wrong. In fact, cut some of the stuff that's supposed to be mine and give it to her. It costs him because he wants to provide and protect this woman. Why is Boaz like this to Ruth, do you think? Well, even the blind men in my growth group could pick it up. He likes her, doesn't he? Boaz has got eyes for Ruth. This is not just what he says to all the girls, I don't think. He likes her. Why? Why does Boaz like her? Is she a good looker? Is she Miss Moab, arrived in Bethlehem? Sometimes the Bible does comment on the appearance of people, handsome or beautiful. But it says nothing about Ruth's appearance. It's not mentioned once. It's very clear in the story what it is that attracts Boaz to her. Have a look there in verse 11. He says it. I've been told all about what you've done for your mother-in-law since the death of your husband, how you left your father and mother and your homeland and came to live with a people you did not know before. 
May the Lord repay you for what you've done. May you be richly rewarded by the Lord, the God of Israel, under whose wings you have come to take refuge. What is it that attracts Boaz to this woman? It is not her looks, it's her godliness. In her kindness, she provides and protects her mother-in-law. In her godliness, she puts her trust in God. And that's what Boaz sees in her. That's what he values, and that's what attracts him to her. Men, are you listening? Am I listening? Boaz knows Proverbs. Beauty is fleeting. Charm is deceptive, but a woman who fears the Lord is to be praised. Looks don't matter, Boaz knows. Not just when you are looking for a woman, as some of us might be, but when you have found your woman, if you're married already, what should you value in her? On what basis should you show kindness to her? Because of her looks? No. Seeing her trust in God, a woman who fears the Lord, is to be praised. Men are not just to provide and protect, they are to praise. And that means speaking. Did you notice? And the effect on Ruth is marked, isn't it? Verse 13. Do you see what she says in response to what Boaz says to her? May I continue to find favour in your eyes, my Lord, she said. You have given me comfort and have spoken kindly to your servant, though I do not have the standing of one of your servant girls. Men are to see godliness as attractive and they are to praise it when they see it. Blokes, what is it that attracts you to a woman? Do you see like Boaz sees, and do you praise? Well, blind Freddie can see that Boaz shows kindness to Ruth because he likes her. But he doesn't just here in the passage, I think, show kindness Ruth. It's obvious, I think, by the way he speaks to them, that he cares for his workers. It's obvious that he cares for the poor who come to to glean in his fields. Why is that? Because he knows that he's received kindness from the Lord. There hasn't always been food in Bethlehem, we know that, and he's got it in abundance. He's been blessed by the Lord and he wants to bless others. He's received kindness and he knows the Lord's kindness He's concerned for the poor. In Deuteronomy 10, he says that the Lord provides food for the widow and the foreigner. The Lord is like that. And how is it that the Lord shows his kindness? It's through his people, for he commands them to leave some of the crop for the widow and the foreigner. God shows his kindness through his people. And he has been doing that in the day of Boaz and he's been doing it down through the century. 
ways. We often hear the opposite, don't we? We hear the failures of God's people. We hear about the crusades and the cruelty there. We hear about the royal commission and how our children have been abused and their stories have not been listened to amongst Christian organizations. We saw the end of judges and what God's people were like then. It's hinted up here here in verse 9 where Boaz has to tell the men not to touch her. God's people get it wrong. But also... God's people for centuries have been showing God's kindness. Who was it who started orphanages and hospitals and schools and caring for widows? These are Christian inventions and Christians gave themselves to it and we should know that and be thankful for it. Even in our church, I'm aware that there's someone in our church, their neighbour, who they would not know otherwise, is dying, dying of cancer. And they are the ones who day after day are providing food and taking them to the doctor and all those things. Our young people on HYM, Hawkesbury Youth Mission, providing and caring for those in need. And when we have new people come to our church, to welcome them is to welcome a foreigner, isn't it? An outsider. It's the very least we can do to show God's kindness. God shows his kindness through his people. How is he showing his kindness? Through you. Is there someone you could be showing the Lord's kindness to at the moment, at school or at work or at uni or your next door neighbour or even in your household? God shows his kindness through his people. Well, he certainly showed it to Ruth, didn't he? She, went, she goes out to find food and she comes back loaded with food. Have a look at verse 17. So Ruth gleaned in the field until evening and then she threshed the barley, whatever that means, uh, she had gathered, and it amounted to about an ephah, without a, whatever that means. Don't have to worry about that. Bottom of the page, footnote, that is about 22 litres. That is a lot of grain for one woman to collect in one day. You can just picture Ruth dragging the bag along, can't you? Back to Naomi. Plus the leftovers that she couldn't eat that Boaz is trying to feed her. And she comes back and she, who expected a lot, remember she's confident of God's kindness, she's amazed, I think, but Naomi is blown away. You can almost hear her say, wow, what happened? She knows there must be Someone who's noticed Ruth. It's not just that she's really good and quick at gathering grain. Verse 19, her mother-in-law asked her, Where did you glean today? Where did you work? Blessed be the man who took notice of you. And then she hears the name. Then Ruth told her mother-in-law about the one at whose place she had been working the name of the man I worked for uh, with today is Boaz. Ruth heard the name. She saw that he was a, a strong man, a man of standing, who clearly likes her, she could pick it up, and who knows the Lord's kindness and has shown her that kindness by providing and protecting her. She heard the name and it meant nothing. But Naomi hears the name and it's more than just a name. 
She knows he's a family member. More than that, he's a close family member. He is a kinsman redeemer, she says. In chapter 1, do you remember, she tells her daughters-in-law to go back. I can't have any more sons who would have to become your husbands because that was the tradition, the way of providing for widows in those days. The brothers would marry the widows. I can't provide you any. Go back. I am empty and useless to you. But in her bitterness, she had forgotten. There was a backup option if there were no other sons available, do you see? There were close relatives and it was their job to provide, to redeem the widow and redeem the land, a kinsman redeemer. And she hears the word Boaz and the lights go on despite her bitterness and she sees the grain and she's not just hearing Boaz, she's hearing wedding bells. Yippee, she says. And you can see how excited she is. Verse 20, the Lord bless him. The Lord has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. That man is our close relative. He is one of our kinsmen redeemers. Suddenly she sees the Lord's kindness. For how was it that they found this kinsman redeemer? Did Naomi and Ruth book into a motel that night, switch on the television and watch an episode of Bethlehem Bachelor? And the first guy on the show happened to be Boaz. Boaz the Bethlehem bachelor. And Naomi went, he's our relative. He's the man for you, Ruth. Let's look him up. Go glean there tomorrow. Did they do that? No. Verse 2, do you remember? Chapter 2, verse 2, Ruth said, let me go to the fields and pick up the leftover grain behind anyone in whose eyes I find Anyone will do, she says, and she's got no idea there's a someone, do you see? But the storyteller says in verse 3, she went out and began to glean in the fields behind the harvesters. As it turned out, she found herself working in a field belonging to Boaz, who was from the clan of Elimelech. Do you like that phrase? As it turned out. How gentle is that? How subtle is that? But you get it, don't you? As it turned out, it just so happened. What's the fancy word for this? Providence. God works through the events of life. He ordains the events of life to provide for his people. Anyone in whose eyes I find favour turns out to be the man of standing who provides and protects me and is my kinsman redeemer. And even bitter Naomi can see the Lord has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. Why does she put it like that? Because she was convinced that he had. 
Don't call me pleasant, call me bitter. The Lord has afflicted me. He has gone out against me. He has stopped showing kindness to me. But now she realises he has not stopped showing kindness to the living and the dead. Why the dead? Because her husband and her two sons will now no longer be forgotten, their line lost in the people of Israel, the land lost from from her family. They've been remembered by the Lord. The Lord has not stopped showing his kindness to the living and the dead. Even Naomi can see it. And so she declares it. God has not stopped showing his kindness through his people and through his providence. Do you believe that? Can you see God's kindness? And when you see it, do you declare it? Some of you will know from your email that uh, one of our uh, members of the congregation, Tony Robinson, had a heart attack on Friday morning. A heart attack. That's serious, isn't it? Life-threatening. As it happened, Tony Robinson had some chest pain, as sometimes happens before the heart attack. And as it happened, he had the good sense to head towards a hospital. And as it happened, he works in Westmead. And as it happens, there is a hospital you might have heard of quite close to Westmead. And as it happened, he got himself to the hospital at Westmead with his chest pain. And as it happened, five minutes after he arrived at the emergency room, the heart attack began. And so as it happened, the medical staff were there and ready. As it happened, they had their technology ready. And as it happened, they were able to care for him in the heart attack. And as it happened, they were able to diagnose what caused the heart attack and immediately afterwards do the operation, put a stent in and fix the problem. As it happened. Lucky, wasn't it? As Christine was describing this story to me, Tony's wife, on Saturday morning, I felt quite clever because I'd been looking at Ruth 2 all week and I knew this phrase, as it happened. And so I uh, reminded her of it and tried to tell her about it. But as it happened, she'd been doing this very passage in her growth group that, that week. There's a free ad for growth groups. It's worth learning, isn't it? As it happened in God's Kindness, that is a very big example, isn't it? With life-changing consequences. But every day, I believe, in every one of our lives, there are little, as it happened, moments where God shows his kindness to us in providing for us and protecting us through his people and through his providence. And we don't even see. We don't take the time to notice and we don't take the time to say it. In fact, I think most of the time we are thoroughly geared the other way. 
As you know, the World Cup soccer's on at the moment, and so a member of my household is completely obsessed with it and never talks about anything else. And I said to this member of the household that during the school week, one morning of the week, he could get up at 5am and watch the second half of the game. One morning. And so he had the very difficult task of choosing which game it was that he would get up at 5am. Which game would be the most exciting with the best players, the best teams and have the most goals? Well, he chose. And he chose thoroughly and he chose well. But in the second half of this game, there were no goals. And so he said to me, you know, knowing my luck, the game tomorrow, there'll be lots of goals in the second half. What do you think I said? Luck? I didn't say quite like that. But do we believe in luck? Well, he knew the answer was no. We're not supposed to believe in luck. God's in control. But he wasn't really saying that he believed in luck, I don't think. He was saying, it's all against me. God's against me, though he wouldn't say it like that. But that's what he's expressing, isn't he? Even when I do my best decisions, somehow it's against me. Where did you think he learnt that phrase from? Do you think children come up with a phrase like that? I don't think so. I think he's learned it from adults. Knowing my luck is an adult phrase, isn't it? What do we say about umbrellas? If I take an umbrella, it won't rain. As if God sees me pick up my umbrella and decides to call the rain off. Because God is against me. Do you believe that? That is not true, is it? And yet, again and again, we think it's true and we declare it to be true by what we say. And if you think God is against you, then you will not take initiative just like Naomi, because you might fail. You will not try and grow as a Christian because you don't think it'll do any good. God won't bless it. You won't try and serve here at church or at other times because you don't think God will use it. You don't bother to share Jesus with people because God's not going to bother to do anything. If you don't believe God is kind and still showing his kindness, it'll stunt everything you do. And you will not give glory to Jesus. It's really serious. We've got to see that the Lord has not stopped showing his kindness. And sometimes I notice that some Christians seem to be really good at this. Some people who are suffering very greatly will say something very gracious. I'll see that they are in great pain and difficulty and they will say something like, there's many people worse off than me, aren't there? Which is true but hard to say. There are other Christians who will be in great difficulty, struggling and in great pain and grief, but they'll say something like, in God's kindness, he's been providing friends. He's been giving me people who bring meals. He's given me my church family. He's whatever it might be. Do you see? In great adversity still seeing that God is kind. And in his kindness, through his people and through his providence, he is providing for me. Can you say that? I need to learn to say that. 
But it's all very well to say this if you have a Ruth 2 sort of day, isn't it? Where something, as it happens, turns out well. What do you do, though, when, as it turned out, you are in the wrong place at the wrong time and something goes extraordinarily wrong? That happens sometimes, doesn't it? What if you have a Ruth 1 sort of day or a Ruth 1 sort of life? And even if you look really hard, you can't see any sign of the Lord's kindness through his people or through his providence. Can you still be sure and confident that the Lord has not stopped showing his kindness? Can you still trust God then? Yes. Boaz here is a picture of God's kindness, isn't he? He provides and protects out of the Lord's kindness. We have a much better Boaz, don't we? A redeemer who redeems us from sin and death and provides us with life. And when God gives his own son in his kindness, it doesn't matter what sort of a day you have had, even a Ruth chapter 1 day, you can still be sure that the Lord is kind and has not stopped showing his kindness. Let's pray. Our Heavenly Father, you know that in this room tonight there is a whole range of experience and a whole range of real belief, what we really believe about you, largely in part because of what we have experienced. So, Father, help us to be honest about whether we think you are kind because we want to get it right, because we don't want it to stunt our Christian life and we don't want to rob you of glory. Help us to see, Father, that you provide and protect us through your people and through your providence. Help us to believe that you have not stopped showing your kindness to us. And when we struggle to see that, whether right now because of our suffering or in the years to come when we suffer, help us to have our eyes on Jesus, our Redeemer, who provided for us and showed so clearly your kindness. We pray this in Jesus' name.